Good morning, Graceway. Today is Friday, October 4th, and this is Charles from the Morning Bible Study Teaching Team. And this is Amelia. Today we'll be continuing our journey through the Gospel of Mark with Mark 6, 1 through 6. Jesus comes back to a rude homecoming. We'll be reading from the NRSV, but if you want, you can follow along in any version you like. Let's begin. He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph, and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he lay his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Wow, amazed at their unbelief. That's striking in contrast to the stories read on Wednesday about Jairus' daughter and the woman with a hemorrhage. Jairus came to Jesus in faith, and Jesus praises the woman for her faith. Yeah, these people in his hometown... Nazareth, right? Yeah, Mark's assuming we remember that. Anyway, these people react to Jesus very differently. Well, I noticed that the people in the stories just before this come to Jesus. But here, Jesus goes to the people in the synagogue. That's a good point. It seems to tell us something important about these people, that Jesus comes to them in contrast to the previous stories in which the bleeding woman and Jairus actively seek Jesus out. It's also interesting that this story takes place in the Nazareth synagogue. Jesus seems to have spent a lot of time in synagogues. In fact, the first miracle in Mark occurs when Jesus casts a demon out of a man in a synagogue where he was teaching. Part of Jesus' ministry was going town to town proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of God is near. He tended to do this in synagogues where people were gathered to worship. When Luke tells this story, he seems to emphasize that Jesus had been going around preaching in many synagogues. Yeah, well, he gets quite a homecoming in the synagogue in Nazareth. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like it's going well at first. The people are amazed at his wisdom and power, but then things take a sharp turn. They go from amazement to being offended. Not really clear why. Yeah, it's really striking. Jesus can't even do miracles. Wait, he can't do miracles? Yeah. Listen again to what Mark says. Quote, And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. When Matthew tells the same story, he phrases it differently. He says it like this. And Jesus did not do any deeds of power there because of their unbelief. Matthew's way of putting it makes it sound like Jesus chose not to do the miracles because the Nazarenes did not believe. Incidentally, this is one of the verses that makes scholars think that Matthew was written after Mark. The way Mark phrases it, it sounds like Jesus was unable to do any miracles. But it doesn't seem like that can be Mark's point, since he's just emphasized that Jesus has power over nature, even death. Mark also says Jesus did do some miracles in Nazareth, he laid hands and cured, on, cured some sick people. When Matthew writes his gospel, he gives us a reason for Jesus performing less miracles in Nazareth to remove this ambiguity. 
So even though these passages in Matthew and Mark describe things differently, it seems like we get a fuller picture of Jesus when we look at them together. It's nice to have theologians like you and the rest of the teaching team to explain these things to us. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, but actually you could do this yourself. Any good study Bible lists parallel passages uh, between the different Gospels. Often when you're looking at one passage in a gospel, it's helpful to read how the other gospels tell the same story. It's also helpful to think about how we should interpret one passage in light of what the author says elsewhere in the same book. Well, sometimes it seems hard to do that, but the way you described it sounds like any type of careful reading. Yeah, sometimes there's a temptation to think we need experts to tell us what the Bible says. But I think there's a lot that can be gained just by a careful reading, and anyone can do that. So, getting back to the passage, the people don't deny Jesus' miracles. There's no debate that they happened. Mark even says the people are astounded. That sounds just like people's reactions to the miracles he did in other places. So why don't these people believe? Well, they already know Jesus from before he started his ministry. So maybe they see him as just a regular guy? It would be pretty weird if someone you thought you knew just started doing all these miracles and teachings as if he had authority. Right. So they reject him. In the passage from Wednesday, the astounded people were afraid, but they responded with faith. Here, astounded people seem to question Jesus' authority and respond with unbelief. You know who else responded with unbelief? The scribes and the Pharisees. Remember how they don't question whether Jesus performed the miracles? But they questioned where his authority came from. They thought it must be from Satan since they believed his power could not be from God. So why do you think the Nazarenes reject Jesus? Well, to accept Jesus would disrupt the social order. They know his family. They know he's a carpenter. They think they know where Jesus belongs. So who is he to come and teach them with such authority? Think about it. If someone you know suddenly starts teaching on a topic you think they don't know anything about, would you pay attention to them? Probably not. Why would a carpenter, Mary's son, be in a position to teach? The people in his hometown prioritize maintaining what they already believe to be true. It's comfortable that way. Hmm. If that's right, then we're seeing two different reasons people reject Jesus. In his hometown, it seems they couldn't accept Jesus' message because of who he was. But the scribes and Pharisees refused to accept Jesus' message because of what he taught and who he associated with. The kingdom of God Jesus preaches and lives out is unsettling. He doesn't follow the religious and social hierarchies of his day. He hangs out with sinners and tax collectors. He heals on the Sabbath. He praises the faith of an unclean woman. It unsettles people's conception of what it means to be religiously and socially respectable. So they want to stay comfortable, keep things the way they are. Yikes. I wonder if I might also have priorities that maintain a comfortable status. At the retreat, Pastor Mark challenged us to live our whole lives as ministry. That could be pretty uncomfortable if we want to maintain the status quo. It's easier to keep Jesus in the position of Sunday morning. Does Jesus' challenge to the people around him apply to us too? That's a great question for all of us. All right, Graceway, that's it for now. Be sure to look out for another podcast next Monday.